Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Coffee and KO show. And I'm back here by myself. Um, and what a week, guys. What a crazy weekend. It is just, you know, just when you think you've almost seen it all, more happens. And it's absolutely incredible. It's been it's been absolutely nuts. Uh the fallout from everything that's been going on here since saturday night and um yeah so we got a packed packed show here for you today we got we're going to talk ufc 264 the fallout of that what's next for connor what's next for dustin we already kind of know that is connor washed is connor not washed like what's up with that um we got uh also we got to preview uh this upcoming week's card as well as talking about um you know what's going to happen or some of the some of the fights that were announced. So, but yeah, huge show here coming up. Lots of stuff to talk about. And uh, again, scrolling across the bottom number, call that number. Let us know your thoughts. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. But first, obviously, we got to address the big news story. What's been happening, Conor McGregor? Um, man, Conor. So a couple months back, we did a list of fighters who had one of the biggest free falls. In MMA history, and I think like there was Johnny Hendricks, there was Tyron Woodley, and I'm not saying Connor is on that list yet, but what is happening? And I, I honestly, I feel like I know the answer. And and listen, let's just address the elephant in the room: the broken, the broken leg. Right? We're talking the broken leg. Connor goes down, and, and it breaks his leg, and the fight ends. Doctor stoppage. But let's be honest here, and this might trigger some Connor fans out there. Connor was going to get finished in round two. He was already tired. He was getting battered. And what the fight IQ, man, like he tries to jump guillotine. Why? Like Connor has zero ground game. Dustin has the advantage every single time on the ground. That no shot. Con the only, the only thing I liked from Connor was the elbows and the aggressiveness off the back. But other than that, he's not finishing via guillotine. That's not happening. Dustin Poirier is such a better ground specialist than, than Connor. So there's that. Then he pulls guard. Like there was almost no attempt to try to get up. And I don't know if that stemmed from the leg or not. I mean, he had been on his back the whole time. And then obviously he got up through the punch miss goes back, looked like a dislocated ankle here to find out later. His, his leg was broken. And then that's why he couldn't put any pressure on it. But Connor was getting absolutely dismantled by Dustin Poirier on the ground. Like he was wearing tons of shots. It wasn't even close. Like it, it wasn't even close. And, and everyone was holding out hope. Connor wins. And listen, I will be the first one to agree with you that Connor McGregor, when he is winning, I'm not going to say when he's the champ, but when he is winning, is good for the sport. As far as pay per view buys, everything else, you know, people are tuning him in more when Connor McGregor is active. But this is the difference. Dustin Poirier has now 
he's he's run the gamut of opponents. He's literally fought everyone. Um, so much so that there's people at 170 now lobbying for him to fight up there, a la Colby Covington. Um, and it's like Dustin is just levels above Connor, and people that can't admit that have problems. It's one thing to like Connor because of he's changed the game 100%. Connor deserves the respect he does, he does, he has. It, he changed the game. He he's a guy that literally changed the game as far as the shit talk and and branding themselves. And and I love that about Connor. And hungry Connor back in the day when he had nothing and was trying to prove a point and had that chip on his shoulder. That's a Connor everyone can get behind. I was I loved that Connor. This Connor though, it I'm sorry, man. The hunger isn't there anymore. The fact that this guy he couldn't even shit talk well. Like his shit talk leading up to this was terrible. Like, okay, he brings in the wives, which automatically I'm like, I think that's garbage. Why are we doing that? But okay, he does that. Then it's just like going through that whole entire time. Like his best shit talk was saying Dustin's wife is his husband. Like, I don't know, man. His shit talk was just so bad. Like that alone was bad. And then his fight style, the fight IQ was bad. Connor has been the same fighter. He has never evolved. Dustin has evolved. Dustin's gotten better. Every single time, single time he gets out there, he looks better. His lone loss over the last however many fights is Khabib. Everyone loses to Khabib. Dustin does not lose. Dustin is a savage. Um, the guy's boxing is good. His wrestling is good. He is, and it sucks because he gets no respect because he fought Connor and everyone loves Connor. So he comes out, he's getting booed. It's just, I don't know. There's always going to be baggage on everyone and there's baggage on on dustin poirier where people say he does this and he does that and his charity is a is a fraud and all this stuff and i'm not i'm not always saying i'm rooting for the good guy every single time it's just from an mma fan and also someone who watches every card i'm here to tell you i think conor mcgregor is washed conor mcgregor's lone win is against cowboy cerrone and anyone that listens to the show in the past knows cowboy is one of my favorite fighters of all time Let's be honest. Cowboy stood no shot against Connor. We all knew that. Connor, I'm not saying Connor is washed in the sense of he's a terrible MMA fighter. There are guys out there that Connor will dismantle. But when we are talking top tier title contending guys, Connor isn't there anymore. And I'm not saying that he can't evolve there, but the thing is Connor just is not as hungry as he used to be. And I think we can all sit here and say if we made the same amount of money that Conor McGregor made in his career and what he's still making, would you want to get punched in the face for a living? Would you want to, to sit there and go through a camp and go th and go through the weight cut? Would you want to do that if you had the amount of money that he has? No. And I think that Conor takes these fights more so as a way to stay relevant because the, the more he stays relevant, the more money he makes. That's the way that this game works. If you're relevant but you're only fighting once a year or once every you're you're still you know it wouldn't be the same if Connor was to come out 3 4 times a year and fight especially now that he's losing he fights once a year with the shit talk mark and marketing like he's already like this is the crazy thing the man sitting there on the canvas with a freaking shattered leg and he's already promoting the next fight that's how good Connor is in that in that department 
But my thing is, and, and Dana already has said that Dustin will fight for the belt. And when Connor's healthy, they'll run it back for a fourth time. And I hate that. I hate it. I think that it's such a shitty, like, and Dustin's for it. Cause let's, let's be honest. Dustin's going to get paid. He don't care. And at this point, he's now two and one against Connor. And in recent times, two and oh, and he, I think the formula is there. It's there to beat Connor. He's when you're not active enough. And I'm not saying ring rust is a thousand percent a thing, but look at the level of opponents as of late who Dustin has fought, who Connor has fought, how often Dustin has fought, how inactive Connor has been. I'm going Dustin Poirier every single time. If Connor was fighting, if this is old, hungry Connor. I, I'm probably riding with Connor, but the the way that Dustin has stayed active and beat the people that he has beaten, and then Connor's lone win being Cowboy as of late, very very difficult to back him. And then you have the you have the shit talk, and it's just I'm sorry, du Dustin just looks so confident right now, and a lot, a lot of people are looking. Oh, he looks nervous. He looks nervous. That's his face, man. He's not nervous. Dustin is is that good. Look at who he's beat. And uh, I'm excited. I, as a fan, I am more excited for Dustin Poirier, Charles Oliveira, than I am Connor and Dustin 3. Like, I think that the Oliveira-Dustin fight it makes more sense. As a fan, don't we want to see the belt be tested and moved? Like, the, or, or are we just are we settling for just the money fights? Like, I'm sorry. I'm not saying I'm out on Connor. There's nothing like a Connor McGregor fight week. It, it's it's something different about it. The the energy in the stadium, it's just different. But I'm, as a fan and wanting to see the titles move, I am way more excited to see Dustin and Charles Oliveira than I am Connor McGregor and Dustin Poirier. I don't know. I think that Connor, if Connor is serious and Connor, and this won't happen, but in my opinion, if Connor is serious and he really wants to make a run at the belt and he really is serious about fighting, he needs a couple rebound fights. There's no reason why, especially what if Dustin goes out and wins the belt? Connor just gets the, the, the shot at the belt then? Hell no. My opinion, if Connor is serious and Dana White would never do this, but this is me talking, not the man that is all about the money and, and uh, Dana White, but me personally, if Connor is serious, he needs a couple tune-up fights. He needs to fight some guys. Top you can keep it top 15, but it, it should not be anyone within the top five or top six. Like he needs a couple fights to prove himself. Because at this point, I think he needs to prove himself again. And that sounds awful to say because people will hate me for it. But it's true. He needs he needs tune-up fights. He needs to to prove himself that he is still on that level. Because right now, I don't know that he is. It's been he he just has not been the same and then i love this comment here it uh, he, uh steve says i bet connor won't fight in the ufc again unless ds2 or ds3 that's if you're gonna if that's gonna be his next fight or if he's gonna come back i think that he needs to fight that that's the only fight to make if it's not if it's not serious him serious if he's only about the money and it's not him seriously chasing a belt that's the fight to make connor ds3 go both guys coming off a loss it'll sell Makes sense for Dana White, and there's no implications to it. That's it. That there's no implications whatsoever. That's the fight to make. If Connor is serious about making a run at 155 and winning a belt and reinserting his name, he's only 32. Reinserting his name as one of the best in the UFC, 
he needs a couple other fights before he fights Dustin again. In my opinion, Connor, but it'll it'll just never happen because Connor has so much money. He's not going through a weight cut to fight a guy in the top 15 that's not, you know, in line for a title shot. That's that's where he's at in his career right now. So if that's the case, Connor and Dust Connor DS3 is is makes the most sense. Um as far as Dustin, 100% needs to fight for the belt. Uh he deserves it and um I love that fight and uh I don't know how to lean cuz Charles Oliveira is a tough opponent but Dustin is a is just a straight savage. His freaking striking is insane and uh that's my take on Connor Dustin 3. Uh, I don't, I don't care to really see a Connor Dustin four yet. I'm not going to say ever. I'm not going to say ever because I think that like the first round was fireworks. It really was. Uh, the energy was insane. So I'm not saying I'm out on a Connor Dustin four, but I think Connor needs to kind of take a couple other fights before that happens and win. You know, who's to say he comes out, fights a top 15 guy and he doesn't lose. Like I'm not saying he, I'm not saying he would, I, I'm not saying Connor sucks. I, I don't want people to think that. I don't think Connor sucks. But right now, Connor is not the Connor of old. And and uh, if he's serious, he needs to figure it out. Uh, but there was more than just that fight. That was the big one of the night. But there there was more than just that fight. I'm not getting into it all. Uh, this is kind of how we're going to do this from now. Probably not going to recap on Saturday nights anymore. Um, if anything, I will actually live stream my reactions to the fight. And uh, to the fights that are happening and that that will be a, I'll just do a live stream during the cards, uh, but that won't be every week. Um, I'm kind of taking more time to hang out with my family and things like that. But Mondays will definitely be talking about what happened on Saturday and previewing what happened, what's going going to happen the next card and talking about the, the events that were or the fights that were announced. But um, more happened on 264 than just Connor. Um one thing I just want to say real quick, Greg Hardy got slept and I loved it. That was the, that was what I needed. I needed Greg Hardy to lose that way. I didn't want a decision loss. I didn't want a little ground and pound doctor, you know, Herb Dean coming in late. I didn't want that. I wanted a flush knockout of Greg Hardy and I got it. And I was so happy that that made my night. I'll be honest, Saturday was a rough day, long day. Didn't even get back to the house till 10 o'clock um, or after 10 o'clock. So it was a rough day. And I finally, you know, I come in and I see, and then all of a sudden, man, first off, the card was great. From beginning to end, I rewatched it. From beginning to end, great card, loved it. But to see Greg Hardy after, first off, before the card, talking shit on Derek Lewis, how he's an ex-con, Greg Hardy beats women. So that that made me mad. And then Ty Tuavasa, the most lovable guy. Like there are two guys in the UFC I feel like you can't hate. You can't hate Darren Till and you can't hate Ty Tuavasa. Their personalities are so great. The guys are hysterical. I, I just I cannot say a bad thing about either one of them. And I was a little nervous because and it could have went either way because Ty Tuavasa got rocked. But the difference is the the level of maturity. Ty Tuavasa gets rocked works backwards as he's working backwards catches Greg Hardy who's throwing hellfire to knock out Tuavasa throws a right hand lands it right on the forehead and Greg Hardy like in real time it almost looked like Greg Hardy froze like it almost was slow motion he hits the canvas and you know a couple extra shots but nothing serious and it was just incredible 
It was so nice. Tai Tuivasa gets up on the octagon, does the shoey. I mean, guy, he he he. I don't know how. I mean, he's a big dude, but you know, you're you're, and he also didn't fight that long. But typically, like you chug beer like that, like the way he was, you're going to be pretty drunk by the time you hit the back. But man, he was on another level, and uh, it was just a great, great moment. Uh, and I think it brought the MMA community together because everyone on MMA Twitter was ecstatic that this man got his ass beat and it was awesome i loved every second of it so shout out tai tuavasa he did that for the ufc or he did that for the ufc community the mma community because i don't think greg hardy's even respected inside the octagon like as far as um among fighters so i think that a couple ufc fighters were in the back cheering as well i would not be surprised um even you know and then to see tai tuavasa get dapped up by Jorge Masvidal and all that. It was it was an awesome feeling. And Taito Vas is back, man. Guy was on the on baby. He was cut. He was cut from the UFC and brought back. And then he's been doing uh pretty well since he's come back. So loved it. Greg Hardy, he needs to be cut. There's no reason for him to be in the UFC. He's never going to compete with good fighters. Every single opponent that he beat is not even in the UFC anymore. They're not even employed by the UFC anymore. So his wins, none of them mean anything. I think that he needs to get uh cut from the UFC and be done. I'm out on Greg Hardy. I've never liked the guy. So see you later. He's done. And then the other big fight, the one that had the most implications of them all was, or yeah, really of them all outside of the main event was Wonder Boy versus Gilbert Burns. And uh, man, I didn't, I, I don't know. First off, it answered a lot of questions. All right, I'll start with that. Answers a lot of questions. Um, first off, Kamara Usman, untouchable. Okay, everyone was saying Wonderboy was going to be the guy. If anyone was going to give Usman trouble, it was going to be Wonderboy. Not going to happen. Just not going to happen. Wonderboy, very good fighter. Love the guy. Great fighter. Huge fan of his. He's just not he's not strong enough to stop the takedowns from the guys that are that strong. I mean, you saw the the punching power was there. He rocked Gilbert Burns. His striking is elite. One of the best strikers in the UFC, hands down. But you're talking Gilbert Burns is a very good wrestler, okay? He, he's he's very, very good, um, and he showed it. But you're talking now Kamara Usman, who is stronger and, and a better striker than Gilbert Burns. Wonder Boy stands no shot at all um, against Kamara Usman, and at this point, based on everything that I'm seeing, Kamara Usman is not getting touched. I think that was Wonder Boy's last shot. He says he'll be back, and I think he'll fight again. But that's it. His run at the title is done. I, I don't see him ever fighting for the belt again, which sucks to see it. But he, he's he's 38, and he can't. He's never going to get past those top-tier guys that can wrestle like Burns or Usman. And Usman now can strike. I think he lands one big flush shot on Wonder Boy, and that could be it. So, excuse me, first yawn of the show. Keep a tally. I do it all the time. I don't know why. When I, when I do the show with other people, I don't yawn whatsoever. When I'm sitting here talking nonstop, I must not get enough oxygen to my brain, must not breathe enough, and I'm yawning left and right. Drives me crazy. But Steve asks, Leon uh, versus Burns or Colby next? Well, so so... I think that I think that it has to be Leon versus Usman next. It's the only guy that now that now that Wonderboy lost, 
I think that Leon has to fight Usman. He's the clear-cut number one. People are hating on him because he he got wobbled by Diaz, whatever. I still think Usman wins that fight. But Leon Usman, and I think you do Burns versus Colby for number one contender. That's my take. I think that that I think Burns Colby is a great fight, um, and then I think Leon and and uh, Kamara Usman is like I think Usman's going to destroy him. But I think that's the fight to make. He's the only guy that he hasn't fought yet. Usman already beat Colby and Burns, and then I think then the winner of that because to me you can't give Burns a title shot right away after one win. Granted, it was a good win. He he really controlled the fight did a good job avoiding most of the shots aside the one from the one he got wobbled on and entering for the takedowns. Um, but I don't really like one and back to a title shot for me. I think you do Leon Usman let Burns and Colby because Colby has to prove himself again too. I mean, Colby has what he's fought one time since his title fight against, against Usman. Um, so for me, I think he has to fight and it was against Tyron Woodley. who's not even with the UFC anymore. So he needs to, they both need to prove themselves. They fight. Winner that gets a title shot. And then why not run Wonder Boy versus Mosvidal? You know, if Wonder Boy wins, at least keeps his name where it's at. And then Mosvidal versus, uh, and then if Mosvidal wins, keeps his name. Or uh, Luke is fighting soon too. So I don't know. I forget who Luke is fighting. We talked about it. I don't remember now. But that's my take on UFC 264, guys. Great card from beginning to end. Lots of, lots of finishes. Um, and you know it was a con listen i don't want to sit here and say i hate conor mcgregor i don't hate him listen there's nothing like a conor mcgregor fight week but he uh he has some work to do shout out to dustin too dustin is a savage and i think that him and charles Oliveira is going to be insane michael or michael uh, Steve says Michael Chiesa versus um, Wonderboy. I like that as well. But Chiesa, oh, you're saying Luke? Yeah, Luke versus Chiesa. That is the fight that was booked. Um, so you have, you can't forget about Luke. I think Luke is going to be if he wins that fight, he's entering pretty good title contention territory. So then you got to think about him matching up with those guys at that division as well. But I did want to talk about some of the fights that were announced. So we'll get to some of the fight announcements. Uh, First one, Kyle Dawkins, Kevin Holland, October 2nd. Um, love that fight. It makes me a little nervous. Obviously, people that listen know that Kyle, or Chris Dawkins, friend of the show, Kyle Dawkins has not been on. This is a tough fight. I think Kevin, because personally, I think Kevin Holland is going to be a real problem at 170. I think that he'll be strong enough to stop takedowns there where he wasn't at a... See, this is the thing. Like Connor's not a wrestler. But Connor at 55 is a pretty big dude. So compared to the other 55ers. So he's able to stuff takedowns a lot of times. And you see that in a lot of divisions. That's why guys cut weight because it hides what like Izzy wasn't strong enough at 205, and Jan Blahovich took advantage of that. So I think with Kevin Holland, I mean, he's been working wrestling with Cormier, which is huge. Obviously, it's huge. And I think that's such a smart move on his part. But also being the bigger guy, he'll be stronger. He'll be it's it's much tougher to take him down than I think him at 170 is going to be a real problem. And I love that fight. Um, I gotta obviously lean towards Dawkins because I the Dawkins guys have been great. But I think it's going to be a great fight. And if Kevin Holland wins, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I really think that career wise, great move by him. 
The next fight was Giga Chikaze versus Edson Barboza. Talk about a 10 out of 10. That's August 28th. That can't come quick enough. That fight is going to be electric. Um, talk about a striker's delight. Edson Barboza, one of my favorite fighters of all time. I love that guy. And then you have Giga Chikaze, who's been lobbying for these bigger, better opponents. And he's going to get it. And it's going to be such a good fight. Both guys can strike. Giga is an insane kickboxer. Edson Barboza, a little bit more well-rounded, but has looked great since he's moved a weight class. Love this fight. That is a 10 out of 10. You can't get a better fight than that. Like that is that that is as good a fight that you can get outside of a title fight. Um, that is, I was so happy when that got announced. Uh, that, that's August 28th, literally cannot come quick enough. And then another great match uh, that was booked, Li Jingliang, the leech versus Hamzat Shemaev. And I love this fight for, for my main reason is this. It's, it's a risky fight for Li Jingliang because of his ranking, but this is the thing. Hamza Shemaev is, is so highly touted. People love him so much that if the Leech loses, it's not going to kill him to the point where it's going to drop him drastically in the rankings. So I like it for that reason, and I love Li Jingliang taking that fight. But also, I love this fight for Hamza. This is a fight that it's going to be his toughest test to date, I think, personally. I think it's going to be his toughest test but it's also a perfect fight to come back to. All right. He hasn't fought in a while due to the COVID complications. And this is the thing with him. You know, you kind of, you don't want to ease back into it. All right. But you don't want to go in there and, and go up against a murderer either. And I think Li Jingliang is a tough opponent, but it's a perfect opponent for Hamzat to, to go in and test himself. It's a good fight. And, and if he wins, now he moves up in the rankings. It helps him. All right. But it's a good, it's a good way to test himself as well. I think that this fight is perfect. I think that that's the perfect match that you could make for someone returning from something like COVID and hasn't fought. I love that fight. I think that, uh, I think that it's going to be, be a great fight. And I also think it's going to tell us a lot about Hamza and how he is after this long layoff that he's had. Also, Lee Jing Leong is freaking, he's a gamer. That guy, uh, his performance against, uh, Ponzinibbio was awesome and you got to love Li Jing Leong. So that fight was announced. We also had Jimmy crew guy that, uh, coffee and chaos has been huge on for a while now. Jimmy crew versus Jamal Hill, October 2nd, Jamal Hill, his arm must be okay. Cause that's a, not too, too far away. Um, about three months. So that's a great fight in the light heavyweight division. Huge fight for Jimmy crude as well. After his ankle issue that he had, um, against who the hell was that against now? Oh, Anthony Smith. Um, both guys, it's funny, actually, both guys coming off weird injuries, both losing. Um, but I'm going Jimmy. I would have to go if I'm making an early prediction, I have to go Jimmy crew in that one. I think that if he get, I, I think his wrestling is so good. I think he could ragdoll Jamal Hill, but I'm not trying to sleep on Jamal Hill though. That man can strike. So I love, uh, Jimmy crew though. That's October 2nd, Marina Rodriguez, Mackenzie Dern, October 9th, another electric fight. Mackenzie Dern has been on a hot streak. Um, and so as Marina Rodriguez, Mar Marina Rodriguez obviously puts on striking clinics when she goes out there, but Mackenzie Dern has looked incredible as far as getting the fights to the ground and ending them by sub. She is awesome. And she looks really good since she's, um, switched camps and all that stuff. And, and really kind of getting her feet underneath her now after having a child, it's been a couple years now, she's really starting to kind of evolve into what everyone thought. So super pumped for that fight as well. We have 
That's October 9th. We have Jared Vandera versus Alexander Romanov. I can't stand Jared Vandera, but I think Romanov probably wrestles the hell out of him. But who knows? Jared Vandera looked decent his last time out. Romanov did not. Um, so that's October 9th. And then Patty the Batty Pimlet makes his UFC debut against a guy. I don't even know who this guy is. Luigi Vanderamini. Uh, that's September 4th. So we still got a little bit of time. But our friend Lewis Norton uh, at Norton MMA, he's got to be happy. Patty the Batty, former Cage Warriors champ, has got to everyone. A lot of people, oh, especially over in the UK, looking forward to that fight and looking forward to seeing him make his UFC debut. So I'm really excited about that as well. Uh, before we move into this upcoming week's card, that's everyone. That's the matchup, by the way. I didn't want to talk ref rankings. Um, so we've been doing the ref rankings and only two moves this week. Herb Dean moves down a spot. Uh, I had to move him down a spot. Terrible stoppage in the O'Malley fight uh, that you let that kid take a zillion punches the entire fight. The guy literally wore like 200 some punches, was getting his ass beat the whole fight. And you wait. The guy wasn't even out on his feet. He was still throwing punches. And you wait until... The freaking until 20 seconds left. I'm pretty sure that the kid could have survived 20 more seconds. I think that was a terrible stoppage. I mean, it would, would have been one thing if he was on the ground curled up or he wasn't fighting back. He was still throwing punches, still fighting back. And you let him do that the whole fight. If you're going to stop it, you should have stopped it in the second round then when the same shit was happening. I think it was a terrible stoppage by Herb. And then he also, Conor McGregor shatters his leg and then he just let him lay there and he wore a couple extra shots. You saw, like, I don't know, all of us on TV or on you know, at home watching on TV knew his leg snapped or his ankle snapped. That's got to be something he's got to be aware of. He drops a spot, and I had to drop my guy, Mark Goddard, down a spot just because he allowed multiple shots to the back of the head of the Wonder Boy fight at the end. Can't do it. There was especially no warning given either. Didn't like that. So those are the only two. So whoever was underneath them moved up one spot. I think Keith Peterson was one, and I don't know who the other was, but. Just uh, take note of that. I did post that on Instagram as well. But let's get into this week's card. We have Islam Makachev versus Tiago Moises. I love this fight. What is going on here? It's going to be a great fight um, and a good test for Makachev, but I still don't think good enough that it's going to really test him. I think Islam Makachev is that damn good. Um I actually won't be able to even watch this card because I will be at a wedding. But uh, we have some good fights on this one. So the first fight of the night, and again, we only do the, the main card here, but a couple on the prelims. Daniel Rodriguez always puts on insane performances. Montserrat Canejo comes back against Amanda Lemos. Um, if you remember Canejo, she fought uh, Cheyenne Byes, did the constant judo throws. Um, she doesn't stand a chance against Amanda Lemos. Lemos can strike. She is really, really good. I think she gets it done by finish. If, if that's a plus money, I would circle that plus money finish for Lemos. Um, but that's a, those two fights really, really good. Uh, Miles Johns at 11 and one. He's, he's fighting again. We got the stimulus check Figueredo brother against Malcolm Gordon, who he was knocked out his last time out as well. So, uh, yeah. And then, Obviously, on the main card here, here we go. We got Gabriel Benitez versus Billy Q, Billy Quarantillo. I'm a huge Billy Q guy, and I know Steve is watching, and he is as well. Billy Q, awesome guy to watch fight. His fights are never boring, always exciting. 
Benitez coming off a win against Justin James, which was a knee to the body. Prior to that, he lost to Sadiq Youssef and Omar Morales. He's also lost to, or he's beaten uh, Jason Knight, lost to Andre Feely. So his his uh, losses, any he, he beat Clay Collard. Uh, if you guys watch PFL, so I mean, I don't I don't hate Gabriel Benitez that much. I think that he he's not he's pretty solid, twenty two and eight. But then you got Billy Q coming off a loss to Gavin Tucker, which was a hell of a fight. And we were pretty high on, on Gavin Tucker prior to that. Jacob Kilburn, he beat Spike Carlisle and Kyle Nelson. So his his resume isn't all that great, really, outside of um, Jacob Kill. I mean, Kilburn not with the UFC anymore. Carlisle not with the UFC anymore. Kyle Nelson, I don't think he, he hasn't fought since, but I don't think he's with the UFC anymore either. So Billy Q hasn't beaten anyone in the UFC yet, or that's still employed by the UFC yet. Um. Benitez though has he's got more fights he's got more experience I mean yeah he lost to Andre Philly but that's experience um tough this is actually I think a lot closer than than what there is actually no odds currently on ESPN for this fight I don't know if there is on tapology uh no I don't see any um I'm actually I this is tough I might go Benitez here I think I'm gonna go Benitez I'm gonna go decision Billy Q's a tough guy to finish but I just like the body of work from Benitez a little bit more than I do Billy Q. And I, I don't like saying that because I like Billy Q a lot. But the body of work is just not there. I mean, I guess to go the, to decision with Gavin Tucker, who we like a lot, is impressive. But Gavin Tucker also got destroyed and really quick by Dan Ige. So, you know, it's kind of hard to put a ton of stock into that. Um, so, but I'm going to go, I'm definitely going to go uh, Benitez by decision, though. By decision. I think it'll be a good fight. So that is that's gonna lead off the the card. After that, we got Hadolfo Vieira versus Dustin Stolzvis. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Stolzvis. I've watched him on the Contender series. I wasn't a huge fan. His last fight, he lost to Kyle Dawkins. Um, prior to that, he, his only fight that was his UFC debut. He lost to Justin Pfeiffer, um, or he beat Justin Pfeiffer in the in the Contender series fight, and he's going up against. Um, Adolfo Vieira, who his last fight, he lost. He lost to Anthony Hernandez by sub, which was absolutely crazy because Adolfo Vieira is a submission guy. That's what he does. He loves the ground game. He's, he does tons of grappling tournaments and he's won a ton of grappling tournaments. Um, but he, he gasses out very quick. That is the one thing with Adolfo Vieira. He gasses out so quick. The guy has no body fat on him at all. So if he doesn't get you out in the first round, because he's all he does, he pressures for for takedowns, take you down, and sub you. Um, so if he doesn't get it done in the first round, it's gonna be a long day for him because he can't stand, he can't handle the output of of the other fighters. Um, with that said, though, I'm still gonna go Hadolfo Vieira over Dustin Stolzvis. I think he's just stronger. He's gonna be a stronger guy. I think he'll have no problem getting it to the ground and finishing it by sub in round one. I'm going Hadolfo Vieira, round one. Next fight, and I can't believe this isn't the co-main. That pisses me off. Um, oh, and if we're talking odds, Vieira is a minus 230 favorite um, on ESPN currently. Next fight, though, Gamerot, Matuz Gamerot versus Jeremy Stevens. What a fight. What a damn fight. I am not a huge fan of Jeremy Stevens. I feel like I'm going through the same thing every single time, but it's just the truth. 
Jeremy Stevens, douchebag. His fight against your car close stopped or canceled because he had to push him on the on the scales. He so Jeremy Stevens currently is on a four fight skid, but but that four fight skid includes Jose Aldo, Zabit, uh, Magomed Sharapirov, Yair Rodriguez, and Calvin Cater. That is insane. That that group of people that that list of opponents is nasty. Um, the only opponent, only good opponent, well, the only opponent he's a beat, he's beaten the UFC, and that is uh Matus Gamrot is Scott Holtzman. And Scott Holtzman is tough, uh, but let's be honest, Scott Holtzman is not Calvin Cater, he is not Jose Aldo, he is not uh any of those guys that Jeremy Stevens has fought. Now, granted, look at any time Jeremy Stevens has fought anyone good outside of like Josh Emmett. He hasn't beat them. He's lost. He's lost to everyone that's really, really good. He's lost to Cub Swanson, Charles Oliveira, Max Holloway, Moicano, uh, Jose Aldo. He's lost to Melvin Gilliard, Anthony Pennis, Donald Cerrone, everyone. He, he's lost to Dean Thomas. Dean freaking Thomas in 2007 by armbar. That's pretty freaking crazy. So with that said, I mean, obviously, Jeremy Stevens has the body of work. He's fought everyone. He's been there forever. And the question is, he hasn't beaten anyone that's top tier. So the question is, is Matuz Gamarat top tier? He, he's one and one in the UFC. I liked what I saw from Matuz Gamarat. I think his power is really good. I think Jeremy Stevens at this point in his career has worn a lot of damage. He's 35, but he's been in some wars uh, and he's been knocked out. I mean, he's been knocked out a good amount of times. I'm going Matuz Gamarat. I'm going by finish. I'm going to go knockout for Matuz Gamarat. Um, I, I think that I think that he's gonna he's gonna knock out Jeremy Stevens. Um, then we go to the co-main, Marion Renault versus Misha Tate. This is the co-main because Misha Tate is coming back from a long layoff, only a minus one thirty favorite. I would hammer that. I think that she is gonna beat Marion Renault. I'm gonna go by submission. I think that uh, Misha Tate, the fact that she is only minus one thirty favorite. I know it's been a while, but. There's just some things you don't lose. There's just some things you don't lose. And I feel like grappling is one of those things. She's been in grappling, or I guess she hasn't been in a grappling tournament since 2016. She retired fully for almost five years ago now. Um, so it's been five years since we've seen her in the octagon. Her last UFC fight was a loss uh, to Raquel Pennington. But I think that Marion Renault, I'm sorry, she is not. She is literally the person that they're going to they're gonna feed her to, 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 to get her name back out there. Uh, she's on a four fight skid. Her last fight, she lost unanimous decision to Macy Chasson. So I am going, uh, I'm going Misha Tate here by sub. I think that's easy money. Uh, at least bet the money line on that. I mean, there's no reason why not to, I don't think there's any way she loses unless her chin in five years is not there. And somehow Marion Renault either clips her or I, I don't, I don't see her submitting her. I feel like I feel like the sub game is something you don't lose. Like if you know how to, if you are a BJJ person, instincts can kick in and you know how to perform those, those moves. I just don't see her losing that. I think the cardio could maybe be in question. Maybe she struggles with that a little bit, but I, I don't see why she couldn't take down Renault and maybe finish her in the first round. So I think Misha Tate, I'm hammering that one. I think she wins by sub. Um, I would even go out on a limb and say round one. Uh, then we get to the main event. Islam Makachev, Tiago Moises. Tiago Moises looks way older than he is. Only 26 years old. He's 
on a three-fight winning streak. He's beat Michael Johnson, Bobby Green, and Alexander Hernandez. Um, I, I love, I love, I like this guy a lot. I really do. I mean, his he lost to Benil Dariush. He, uh, which isn't a big loss, um, because he's he's very good, Benil Dariush, and he's also lost to Jason Knight, which is pretty crazy to think about as well. That was on the regional scene, um, but his last three, he's looked really, really good. Um, but it's Islam Makachev, man. And every time you say Islam Makachev, you hear next champ. He's beaten Nick Lentz. He's beaten Glayson Tebow. He's beaten Davi Ramos. He's beaten Drew Dober. The guy is insane. He is so good. And as good and as much as I like Tiago Moises, I think Moises has potential. He's only 26. I think at the end of his career, I think Tiago Moises could be up there in the top five fighting for belts, things like that. He's only 26, though. The body of work isn't there as much so as as Islam. I know Islam isn't crazy active, but Tiago Moises, 15 and 4, they actually one. They only have one fight difference. Um, I just think that Moises isn't as polished. I think I think if he keeps if he somehow finds a way to keep the fight on the feet, I think he could win the fight. Um, I think he'll have a striking advantage. But the problem is no one against people such as Islam Makachev that are trained by Khabib, they don't go to the, they don't, they don't keep the feet, the game, the fight on the feet. They always find a way to get it to the ground. And I think Islam finds a way to get this to the ground. I think again, I think once again, he will win. Um, I'm going to actually go out on a limb and say, it's not going to be a sub. I think he's going to win by decision. I think that, I, I think that Tiago Moises is a tough guy. He's really strong. Um, unless, unless, Islam gets the takedowns early because Tiago does tend to carry a lot of muscle mass. So if he t- if he ke- gets the fight to the ground early, I could see him wearing on uh, Tiago Moises and and then getting snatched up the neck and winning by sub. But I'm actually going to go on a limb and say Islam wins by decision. I think that he I think it'll go all all five. Uh, actually, no, I forgot five round fight. No way, I'm not going. I'm going Islam by sub. I think Moises is going to get tired. I think this is a huge step up in competition for him, for Tiago Moises. Um, and I think a lot of it is because a lot of people are, don't really want to fight him either. But he's ranked 14, and Islam is currently ranked 6. Right? Yeah. Number 6, lightweight. No shot. Tiago Moises wins that fight. Islam Makachev by sub. Book it. But that's going to do it, everyone. That is my UFC 264 recap and UFC Vegas 31 preview. Make sure if you liked what you heard, hit that subscribe button. Leave some comments. Let me know how you're feeling in the comments about Connor, what you think is going to happen this week with Islam, Makachev. Um, If you liked what you heard, please hit that subscribe button. Also, don't forget our sponsorship, Sheath Underwear. Summer is still here. We're in the middle of summer now. Go to sheathunderwear.com. Use promo code COFFEE and KOs. Get 20% off your entire purchase. Listen, guys, I do this because I like to talk about UFC. It's a hobby for me. Um, I don't do it for anything else. So, you know, I'm here solo. If you liked what you heard and you ever want to call in, please do it. I'm doing this just out of pure fun and, and enjoyment. I love the sport. I love watching it. Um, and uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it too. I will see you guys all next Monday. Take care, everyone. Be safe.